It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Peacock streaming the biggest sporting events, exclusive originals, and the latest movies. This February, we've got Super Bowl 56, the 2022 Winter Olympics, and the Peacock original Bel Air. Plus the new movie, Marry Me, in theaters and streaming Valentine's Day. Sign up now at peacocktv.com. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am here with Curtis. Hello. I am here with Dan. Hi there. And we haven't been on for a while. It's been three weeks in, uh, in the wilderness for a variety of reasons. I can't speak right now. Yeah. Um, we are Facebook living today and uh, the camera is at the perfect angle so it can just see what I'm doing under the table. So I have to be very careful <laughs> that when my hands are under the table, they are not doing anything disgusting. Uh, well, anyway, you be doing that anyway. Yeah, the, the, a, a lot of good news has happened since we last came on. Someone accused me of uh, not recording a podcast uh, when we win which is outrageous, mm. but we've had four wins on the bounce. Mm. Um, Arsene Wenger is on the comeback trail. Um, we can talk a little bit about the Europa League later. We're going to talk about Stoke um, almost immediately after this. And then we're going to go and talk about our, uh, our favorite thing, our favorite topic, and that is Arsene Wenger's future, <laughs> um, which has taken some uh, turbulent twists and turns um, this week. So we'll, we'll investigate that. So, um, how's everyone feeling about Arsenal right now? I know that we've been on suicide watch most of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, um, you know, I, I can't say anything really good about, and, and I generally would be your voice of uh, weird, odd optimism, but today's game was really dreadful until that last, what, 10 minutes? Last zippy 15 minutes. <laughs> 15 yeah. minutes. solved it all. I mean, you, you can't complain about the win, however it comes. That's but true. It, it was... It was poor. Let's be real. It was poor. It was dire. Indeed. Are we becoming like hostages of this terrible football? <laughs> no, like I feel like I've got <laughs> Stockholm syndrome. Four, four wins on the bounce. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy. 
Well, yeah, I'm, no, I'll, and I'm thinking maybe Wenger, maybe Wenger should be getting a new deal. Like, I'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe Wenger is the man. Maybe he's just he's just had a few blips this season. Somehow or another, I don't believe that you mean that. I, well, okay, so I don't I don't mean it, but I genuinely felt in a good place going into the Stoke game, and I was looking at the Stoke form, and I don't know what it was. It was two losses. Uh, and three draws. I was mm. like, their, their form is shocking. I was right. And then I looked at Arsenal's form over the last five games and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that much more impressive. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's where we are. Uh, so <laughs> what, did, what did we think about the performance of the players today? Um, at, like, is there a reasoning behind that? This is a performance that we've seen over and over again. Uh, lackluster, players not particularly interested, no real structure out on the pitch. Um, was it a was it a typical performance, or was it a performance with something else in mind? I don't know. I, I think it was it was very strange to to not have anything against Stoke because they're just they're such a poor team. You know, they, there's nothing about them. So you expect to you expect to rock up and take care of business. But I don't I don't know. Is it is it doldrums off the international break? Or we just we didn't look lively. Mm. You saw that in the in the from the first whistle. They pressed us and we we fell apart right away. We gave the ball away constantly. I mean, Oatsel couldn't have put a pass together in the first first couple of minutes. Even uh, Wilshire wasn't doing anything. You know, it, it was just I don't know. No, no one showed up to start the game. It was really weird. What do you think, guys? Uh, you know, I mean, it was it was one of those things. One, I I I never even though uh, Stoke aren't a very interesting dynamic team. I never count, you know, it's like, don't count your blessings, like, because they've been known to rock up at the Emirates and, and, you know, well, actually, no, I take that back. They've not been known to rock up at the Emirates since 1981. Is that far back? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. But with that said is that we've, we've definitely had our tough runs against them. um, And so I never discount them. Actually, at this point in time, in, in, in the, the age of Arsenal, I don't discount anyone because... We've uh, sometimes we go into those ones a bit too, you know, confident and we do nothing, Uh, which is actually what we did starting today's game. There was it was one of those ones that you didn't even really see the creativity. Um, It it was it was as if we were kind of going through motions that we hadn't really thought about. And I I thought when I was watching it, I was lying in bed, not going to lie. It was uh, (laughs) uh, but uh, as I was watching it, I thought to myself, well, maybe it is just because everyone's been doing their own thing. But. But surely they've come back from international break and started training as a team again. So uh, a lot I of don't being, think a lot of them real go on international break. Well, yeah, just had two weeks to well, practice. Oh, well, you <laughs> so, practice, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely they what must they have did. been practicing by themselves. <laughs> I think that that point that you just raised there is really interesting because I, um, where you said uh, that a lot of the players are kind of playing on their own, it doesn't yeah. look very cohesive. And I, I felt, um, I felt that watching the game, you had. Um, Ozil trying to force the game mm-hmm. kind of on his own a little bit. Jack Wilshire trying to force the game wasn't really working. You had Aaron Ramsey trying to force like some sort of breakthrough. Um, do you do you think that that's a, a sign of a team that aren't really united? That do you, do you think that the the fabled team spirit that Wenger always talks about has kind of dissipated from this group at the moment? I, like, I don't think that it's that drastic because you, you see them in, in like on a, on a personality level and, and when good things happen, you, you certainly see the, 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 we really get like, I would actually say that this team right now as a, as a general rule, they seem 
like their mates. Um, they seem like they get on, like they have a bit of fun. But from that, from that more strategic uh, thing, and I don't know if that's what you're alluding to, is but the the strategy in that kind of togetherness is is very very not there. So you're saying that they that they get on, yeah. But when when you don't have a structure or a plan in place, it's very difficult to not play for yourself because and you know, maybe just they get on in the dressing room, but yeah. maybe not on the training pitch. Yeah. At least it doesn't look like it because we were really so stagnant. A lot of if you just watched our midfield during the majority of the game, at least the first two thirds of the game, there was no one would, there was no like positioning, no 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 one showing for the ball, you know it was it was very stagnant and not a lot of um, it didn't look like a cohesive unit that plays or trains with each other to mm. me. Did we miss Jacka? Uh, maybe maybe <laughs> because a bit, that happened. Maybe. Mo Elneny signed yeah. a contract. Uh, Mido came out and said uh, in the week that El Nenny has raised his game. Steve Bolt said he's one of the best people to have in the training ground and he's raised his game. Did, did we miss Jacker or was El Nenny? I think we we missed having the the first team unit out there maybe because maybe those guys are used to playing with Jacker. I mean, he's... Jaka, to, to his credit, I feel like we, we always rip him on, on this pocket. At least whenever <laughs> I've been on, it's, it's been yeah. the nonstop ripping on Jaka. But he's, he's been solid the yeah. past, past two mod- matches. I, I, I was going to say, like, yeah, and, and whenever, I, whenever I think of a narrative that, that, I, that I think of when I think of you, yeah. <laughs> um, when, when the opposite happens, I'm like, ooh, I can't wait to tell him. But then I forget to tell you. But yeah, Jack has had some, uh, he's had some good performances he's had, since I've been on the podcast last. He's, yeah, he's, he's had what? Two or three good performances, yeah. and people are saying that he's yeah. turned the corner. Jack's back, baby. <laughs> yeah, he is back. Well, I, I, before we, uh, before I ask you the next question, I do think that El Nenny gets an unfair hammering. I don't think he's quite as bad as everyone says. I he's a don't. very, very solid. He's a solid player. He's, yeah. he's yeah. a solid utility player. Yeah. He's not going to. He's not going to score fifty goals a season. He's not going to right. set up all the goals. But I, I do think that he has more mobility than Jacker. Yeah. I don't know I I feel comfortable with him at the base of midfield. I don't think he quite has the passing range, but he certainly doesn't have the mistake ratio that Jacker has had mm, yeah. this season. So, um, question that I wanted to uh, run past you both: um, there is uh, a hipster movement behind Aaron Ramsey, the all-action uh, hero who uh, assists and score goals and breaks the lines and runs through the lines is a. Royal the Rovers, yeah. yeah. So th- those are those are facts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we've got Meza Özil, uh, the greatest creator in Europe, the most m- misunderstood also enigma. Yeah, the greatest creator in Europe. Yeah. Uh, Jack Wilshire. I mean, he's not the greatest at anything, but Arsenal fans love him. Uh, yeah. Royal the Rovers. He has creativity. We all want him in the England side because he can do things. Wait, wait. wait. We can't the, have two Royal the Rovers. Okay. Uh, we're <laughs> gonna have like I don't know. We'll just yeah. They, they can they can trade off since Jack doesn't play that often. So yeah, you know, they, they yeah. can share. You know. Yeah. So, but Jack Wilshere, everyone's calling for him to be in the England side because of his creativity and his passion. Um, and they were saying today that uh, what's his name got injured. Uh, uh, Lalana got injured today. Oh really? Yeah. And so that uh, there's a good chance that he'll have the call up. Jack's going to be back in. Yeah. So my question: Which If you have, to be injured all next season, yeah. <laughs> so my question: If we have. Three very creative players mm. um, that can do it on the international scene in the Champions League. Why are we having such a problem unlocking strikers? Lacazette 
comes in mm. and we say, ah, well, maybe it's because he's too slow and he's too small. Um, <laughs> then, so we hire somebody with hire, like he's just been hired for a new role. <laughs> we buy in uh, Obama Yang, yeah. who is one of the most prolific strikers um, in Europe. And we don't unlock him for, for 75 minutes. And I appreciate that he scored in yeah. the end, but it was, it was a penalty and a, and a rebound. What is the problem with our midfield being able to unlock strikers and creativity? Where, like, how can we have all these creative players and yet nothing works? Uh, you know, I have to think like, you know, when just to, not, not essentially to completely compare us to other teams, but you, you look at, we always talk about as Arsenal fans, we laugh at the fact that Mourinho has, uh, has had you know, great players that he could not do anything with. Um, and I think that we are in a place right now that there's clear that there's a, there's something that's missing on the training, uh, on the training pitch to, to really make that happen. And yeah, I I think it it has to be there. Does it come back to strategy tactics and having like a a vision or a football philosophy? I would say that's all of it. Totally. Because you, you'll see us move the ball, but you'll, again, there's no, there's no like positioning or offer from the from the midfield in most cases. So we'll play the ball into a guy, you know. Then we'll then we'll reorganize. He'll look around, find another guy, play it to him. He'll look up. You know, there, there's no fluid motion. You know, there's no no one's thinking two steps ahead in the game. There, it's clear they're either not training that or not executing that any longer. You know, so there there's no I don't know. There's no proper system for you don't see patterns do you You don't really see patterns in that play and Aubameyang will make great runs but you know there's nothing there's no like there's no complex moves to get on the end of you know and there's no there doesn't seem to be uh, an attack building philosophy Mm -hmm. you know it seems very step by step put it together as you go yeah so some of the highlights from today well let's talk about a low light quickly (laughs) (laughs) Bellerin and Ozil I think I don't know whether it was accurate but somebody was trying to lip read it and it was you talk too much on the pitch I'll I'll, I'll chat to you in the dressing room (laughs) so there was a bit of feistiness there and there there were a few moments like Bellerin's decision making really isn't that strong when um, he picked the ball up on the right on a counter-attack move and didn't and find... And stopped up. Yeah, and yeah. didn't find the, the run of Obama. Is he lacking confidence there? Because why, would, why wouldn't he put on the afterburners and just torch his man in that situation? You know. Yeah, and it always takes me back um, these when we talk about these issues around creativity. It always makes me yearn for Santi Gazzola. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Not, it, do you not find yourself, we always well, come back to yeah. what we're missing the most. It's funny that you say that because right now on Facebook, Linda Inger Eriksson says uh, that Arsenal's not the team that they used to know and that we, that Gazzola is badly missed. Yeah. Ah, timely, timely. Yeah. Very timely. Uh, so, I mean, a very big deviation here. What sort of player in world football at the moment could replace what Santi, the magic, what they, let's go back. What do you think Santi brought to the midfield that we lack with between Ramsey, Ozil, Jack, Jacker. Well, he's a midfielder that had three legs. <laughs> <He's very true. laughs> like, like, you know, he just like, he could pivot on one center leg and like he could, I feel like he somehow or another could make anything happen on. And, you know, you cert, you think of certain players that, you know, they're always going to turn left or they're always going to turn right. He could do anything and, and just kind of pivot. And then I think he's maybe because he was just low to the ground. And I, I don't know. He's just, <laughs> I love him. I miss him. Yeah. He's got that messy esque ability to, yeah. to just swivel through anything. Right. That might cause some controversy, but yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah. go ahead and agree with you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know who I think 
would be the absolute dream player to sign uh, in Robert his Pires. place. No, that, that, yeah, prime Robert Pires would <laughs> be good. I think he still trains. So. Do you, Varati. Varati, mm, yeah. He feels the closest yeah, player in like Europe lot, to yeah. Santi at the moment. I don't, I don't know where he's going to go or whether once you're at PSG these days, you don't go anywhere other than Madrid. But he'd certainly be a player <laughs> yeah, high you, up on my shopping list. You don't generally go to a sixth place team, do you? No. And that, or some go there one year and want to leave the next. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Maybe Neymar leaving. <laughs> maybe Neymar leaving this summer. What about um, uh, Max Meyer? Does anybody know much about him? Heavily not, linked free not transfer. A lot. I used to I used to like Max back when he was really young. Um, haven't really watched him this season, but by all accounts, he's had something of a a personal renaissance because he he was moved back into central midfield and he uh, from his uh, traditional kind of ten role. Yeah. And supposedly, he's, uh, it worked out really well for him. Huh. But you know, it's it's hard to say. I don't know. I I, I haven't watched <laughs> Another, him a great deal. I don't, I don't know if he would slot in. Our free transfers have been elite. And it's funny. You used to go and you used to watch those like highlight reels of like you know six minutes of really cool stuff that they did. Yeah, and that was essentially everything they did in their entire career. <laughs> yeah. So um, those were the last. Yeah. Uh, those were the last views of the, that yeah. I did. It's not terribly hard to look great on yeah, YouTube. Exactly. Is it? So. D- d- Diverting us back onto the game, uh, I know that Curtis is going to enjoy me saying this, but Lacazette returned, yeah, and he looked pretty good. Yeah, is is he a good player? So is he more than a good player. I, w- I definitely, uh, since you addressed me first, I certainly want to want to jump into this one. You know, I think that uh, I, I had this conversation with quite a few people while I was in England. Uh, I guess a month back now. And uh, I was like, oh, I just want to get in touch with you and I want to tell you all about it. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that it, it kind of goes back to that, that thing that we were saying just a little while ago and that, um, you know, I think that one, um, the, the, I feel like the progress of these new players is taking exceptionally longer than, than say, in, in seasons past. You know, we can always go back to say, okay, Henri was, what, nine or 11 games, and Bergkamp was around that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is definitely a, a lack, maybe a lack there of nurture, et cetera, et cetera. But when you see, um, when you see what Lacazette can do, um, there's no doubt in my mind that he is a, a fantastic player. Um, and I do think that, you know, you see players that will go from, uh, you know, having a really good, you know, spurt of, you know, the career and, and I mean, Hey, look at Alexis Sanchez right now. Um, and I, I think that a lot of that can boil down to, and, and I'm not suddenly Mr. Anti Wenger, you know, as much as I think he's, it's his time is up. Um, but I think that there's certainly something that's happening there within the leadership, and the management that is not really pulling the best out of these players now. Like, like he did when, you know, he came to the club years back. And, uh, I think that Lacazette has it. And I think that I hopefully someone, uh, will find that right piece that, um, that can work with it all together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dan, what do you think about Lacazette? I'm, uh, I'm concerned not about him personally, cause he's a decent player. Um, you know, he's, he's got a, a nice, uh, quick shot on him. He's, can maneuver around but just like Aubameyang he's such a central forward you know mm-hmm. and I'm I'm concerned that now that Wenger uh threw him on and moved Aubameyang out wide which is not a great position for yeah. Aubameyang but I think he's gonna convince himself since it worked out this time that he can do that and play one of them in a, in a wide role you know rather than figure out how you could integrate two 
strongly central strikers together. Yeah. I think he's just going to... Because Aubameyang started wide, didn't he? He used to play wide for San Etienne. And yeah, well, that... But you look at the, the last few goals that he scored that haven't been uh, penalty goal, uh, penalties, um, and he has scored them not from a central role, but definitely out from, from the sides a bit. Um, and maybe that has to... I'm sure that has to have influenced the, the positioning of this. That's fair enough, but he's still a guy that his his strength is making darting runs and getting on the end of anything. You yeah. know, he's 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 never gonna like go out and, and dribble a guy. You know, we Absolutely. could we could maybe play it over the tile. <laughs> we could maybe stretch a team a little bit with him out there, but it's it's just not getting the maximum out of him for me. Yeah, Aubameyang's strength is that sort of telepathic understanding of where the ball is gonna land. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Thierry and me used to say he had to he had to work very hard at learning how to be yeah. a goal scorer, whereas David Trezeguet just knew where the ball would land <laughs> yeah. and he was ready to hoover up. Like when, when I, I, I was quite shocked um, uh, when I looked at the video of uh, Aubameyang playing with Dembele for the year and you realize how good a player Dembele was because, yes. like, I don't know, 50% of Aubameyang's goals were tap-ins. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. not, not just tap-ins from like six yards. I'm talking tap-ins like, from half a yard. <laughs> so Proper uh, tap-ins. Yeah, so maybe that's uh, like one of the struggles. I, I wonder whether they could um, combine Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang in some sort of modern version of a 4-4-2. I was going to say, but like I can't even recall when, when was a, a 4-4-2. It's been a long time since we, we found that formation. Yeah, I mean, we've never, we've never been able. To, we we thought that it might work with uh, Giroud yeah. and Sanchez, <laughs> and it did not work. Not I think at all. Yeah. I think you need I'd, a disciplinarian manager to be able to enact that because it's it's so it's such hard work um, but, on the team, right? Well, and but I will say this to your earlier point when you were discussing that midfield. I mean, would it actually work to to have four in that midfield leading up to the to a two? Uh, I'd be curious to see. You know, it almost sounds like it could work based on. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Do Do you think that Lacazette changed the game, or do you think the penalty changed the game, and then everything went to shit, and then it made it look like <laughs> Lacazette was the hero? It was a little bit of both for me. He, I, I wouldn't say he was heroic, but it definitely made a difference. Like changing it up and putting on our, uh, you know, Vanger just loaded up with the best attackers we have, yeah. and, and then put a little bit more pressure on. And, and you know, we got once we got the penalty, it was it was a cruise from there. Did we think it was a penalty? Um, probably not. No, <laughs> I, I mean it was it was it was close. I mean I, I feel like it could have been caught either way. I, I would give it. He, I think he caught his leg, and you know it's not it's not a, a huge foul, but it's it's still a foul. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Mm. If it were it was, but you know what? It, I I thought this. If it were one of those ones that were called against us, <laughs> we were just oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd be livid yeah. So so talking of uh, Obama Yang, the most successful start as a striker ever. Um, at Arsenal, he's got six goals in five appearances. Ever? Wow! Yeah, wow. I know. I thought that Ian White um, had a better Ian start Wright to his career, um, but he's been prolific. Mm. Mkhitaryan has also been yeah. uh, pretty prolific with yeah. the assists. Yeah. So so far so good. Even though everyone seems a little bit flat, at saying that they're not yeah. quite. They're not quite the full ticket. They're good players. But, you know, we're, th- we're in sixth place in the Premier League. They're great players for us, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I think that, I think if that, if those transfers had happened in the summer, I feel like we'd be, we'd be really relishing in, in what was happening now uh, with them, as opposed to them, I mean, what are we, like eight, 
uh, 10 weeks. What? No, I guess we're not. We've, we've had them for a while now. Never mind. Yeah, we've got, uh, yeah, got we've like had... seven fixtures left or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I think that it's clear that, you know, I mean, obviously they hadn't been playing for a while, um, you know, and I think that I think that we'll see those two come together a lot better next season, um, you know, given time and things like that. So I think Mkhitaryan is a really good player. And I Agreed. think the, the critique of his character is quite staggering. You don't, you don't make it out of um, Armenia yeah. Um, if you don't have <laughs> a really fucking strong character. Like yeah. people saying that he's a bottle job. I just think that he play, he played for a manager. That... You know, people said that about Jaka, but he just doesn't quite have that that feeling <laughs> to his game anymore, does he? Yeah. No, that's true. But, that was a very good counterpoint. So but uh, but I agree. I agree. Mkhitaryan is, a, is an excellent player. And yeah. any, any critique of him is totally overblown. It's like, like you said earlier, Mourinho just cannot use an attacking player to save his yeah. life anymore. Yeah. So, so uh, just before we head out of this section, uh, Arsenal haven't well they've they've moved further away from burnley <laughs> which is which is great because that was looking a little bit scary if we'd, if we'd lost today that would have been two points in it what's our cushion what's um, our cushion there's no Europa, cushions the europa league uh, <laughs> yeah our cushion is is five points mm. uh from burnley we're also <laughs> we're equidistant away from chelsea do you do you think that now chelsea are probably not going to make the top four because there's eight points after they lost to Spurs, so they, mm, yeah, they do we think Chelsea botched it, haven't they? Yeah, are Chelsea yeah, gonna totally implode now because they've got nothing to play for, or um, <laughs> can can Arsenal make fifth? <laughs> I, I mean, that's that's that, that's the only joy, or or are we just gonna <laughs> see out the rest of the season and just settle for well uh, a, a lower place again? I will say this with with uh, Chelsea is that they actually have been on quite the uh, the down. You know what I mean? Like they've they've consistently gone, yeah, worse almost every fixture this this last three months. Conte is a, a massive brat. Isn't he? <laughs> Do you Don't think, think he's a, yeah? He didn't, didn't get what he wanted um, last summer. Well, yeah. No, he did get what he wanted, and then he blamed Chelsea for buying bad players. Uh, he fell out with the the CEO that li- doesn't like not having direct contact. Um, with Abramovich, mm. and he's basically been off. But sh- it just goes to show you, doesn't it? As soon as the players know that there's something wrong, yeah. they don't want to play for you anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, one one other interesting point about the league table: um, unsung heroes, mm. Leicester are in eighth position. Oof. You can't not like considering how bad they went last season. Yeah. You've got to say mm-hmm. that the business model that they uh, impose over there of like chopping out managers when things aren't going right and signing. Managers that you're like, well, I'm not really sure about that. Like, but um, Puel is doing really well there. Like eighth position. And I bet Southampton are very upset. Yeah. They're now firmly in the relegation battle on 28 mm. points. Yeah. yeah. And thank God Stoke are too. <laughs> yeah. I would, like seeing Stoke go down. I kind of enjoyed that it wasn't yeah. quite a penalty today. Like, yeah. fuck them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I can't say that there's any loving words. that uh, That's certainly one team that I've got zero loving words for. Yeah. Okay, cool. So we will be back with part two. Welcome back to part two of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We are here to talk about the Europa League. We have not much time, uh, so we're going to zip through this. Zippy, zippy. Uh, CSKA, it's going to be pretty easy. Um, My question to you both is, are we going to win on Thursday and then secondly will making the semi-final of a European trophy be enough to push Wenger into the last season of his contract unimpeded by firing 
You know, I think it's tough to say. I mean, I think that um, I always say that I'd love to see him go out on something that's like a positive. Because if we like even one step ahead of that, if we were to win the Europa League um, and he were to go out, everyone would remember him at least despite all the negative that we've had for like the last I don't know, at least five or six seasons that the, yeah. the tumultuous five or six seasons. If he went out on a high, won the Europa League and then said, you know what? I got us back to where, you know, I, I not, not got us back to where <laughs> we should be, but, <laughs> but, you know, we did this. We've not won a, you know, a, this trophy. I think you're right. You know, Wenger is at the casino. Uh, he started or he's got his cash up to like $15,000 on the, on the roulette. And then <laughs> he started losing and then he started losing real bad. And then he went into the negative and he's been yeah. chasing it. If yeah. he wins the Europa League, that makes him square. I think leave, so. Leave the casino, <laughs> like cash out. Cash out, yeah. Yeah, just leave the casino because that would be the ultimate hire. That and would then be people the remember ending, you right? as a winner. Yeah. Yeah, because he's never going to win the Champions League. No. He's never going to win the Premier League. But winning, a, like he beats first European trophy, Arsenal's first European trophy in the Emirates. What an yeah. amazing way to go out, Dan. But he wouldn't walk after that. He, he would get the Europa win and then he'd be, he'd be out... At- be back he'd on be that back table. at least for his final season, at least seeing out the contract. And then would that season go well? You know, he's done, he's done the, I, I've, I've got my doubts too, because he's done the, the tournament, tournament manager thing a bit already with the FA Cup. Yeah. You know, is, it, is this the same thing? Like we were all really happy to win those cups. We'd be, we'd be ecstatic to win Europa League and get a trophy again. But, the, you know, is the, is the football going to progress? Well, I guess the question is, would the board do what Liverpool did? Like, we appreciate the achievement, Kenny Dalglish. See you later. Yeah. Um, would, is that, like, do you see, if we win the Europa League, is there any possibility that we release Wenger? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> because uh, Julian, uh, Julian Lawrence and Rafa Honigstein said on the, the Totally Football show this week that they're hearing the decision in Wenger's review about his future is mm-hmm. with Wenger. Right. He decides. Mm. Right. And yeah. if, if that is true, and I've heard the same thing, if that is true, uh, it's going to be another year of Wenger. Yeah. yeah. It, until we see otherwise, Wenger is his own boss. And yeah, no, and I think, I think that's true as well. I absolutely think that's yeah. true. And you know what makes me really sad? I was reading an article about the Rams having this amazing off-season where they're trying to sign like Odell Beckham uh, and they're making brilliant signings and there's excitement. Um, one of the stories said the reason that Stan is investing so much in making the Rams something is because in LA, if you are boring and shit, no one will come and watch you. And then I <laughs> immediately thought, well, the same, it's the same in England, but it's not. Yeah. We could be in the championship and people would still be turning up week in week out whereas um, well yeah. you, you would say that but i mean you know i, I think today was a, a a decent proof like in the last few weeks it's just like we've been so uh, uninteresting to watch that you look at the you know we've not seen we've not seen that ground that empty yeah ever it's been consistent too. consistently consistent empty. In hold, hold on guys Venga a- said it is easter <laughs> it, all right fair enough all right, it yeah. was cold last time yeah. yeah, he's running out of excuses. Yeah, it was, it's it's it was embarrassing. March, March last month, somebody made the, a good point earlier. It was March last, yeah, month. yeah somebody it's made a the lot good of point. good activities in March. Will, will Sky continue to put their cameras uh, in in the ground for live games? Because the the reason that Italian football doesn't sell their TV rights at peak is because people don't want to watch games where there's nobody in the ground. Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, 
So Arsenal, you need to think about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm I was tired of playing on Sunday too. Could we get yeah. back to Saturdays at some point? Yeah, yeah. I guess we've got to move out of Europa League for that to happen. Indeed. But, yeah, man. I feel like we miss a lot of games as well because um, they they put them on when we're at work and work yeah. get upset about moving out. Um, but we are going to have to wrap up. Oh no, but we can do five more minutes. Yeah, about. Okay, so, so we can do five more minutes. That's very exciting. So, um, yeah. what, uh, what what did we think about uh, the rumors about Thomas Tuchel? Uh, were we excited by that sort of manager? Do we do, look, if if uh, if Wenger does go this summer? What would you like to see in the next manager? What's going to excite you? Because there are many schools of thought. We've got the international manager, mm-hmm. Joachim Lowe. Yeah. We've got the bastard manager. We've got Diego Simeone style. <laughs> and then we've got the, the beautiful mind of like Thomas Dukel, like those sort of very hipster, like uh, Sarri. Like, what do you yeah. guys think the club's going to need in the first, uh, first, the first year of like uh, the post-finger era? Well, I, I think, you know, for it to not be an absolute revolution, though, at the same time, I feel like we kind of need an absolute revolution. Um, you know, you look at the style that, that we think that we, you know, that we at least hold ourselves to that, that we want to be as far as a football club goes. Um, much of which, much of which was instilled by, you know, Wenger, Wenger ball, if you will. Um, I think that, yeah, you would want, um, how do you say his name again? Tuchel. Tuchel, yeah. Uh, I think you would want it. You would certainly want more of a style like him. I think, you know, he seems to be a, you know, strategic and, and cool, like calm, you know, collective manager. Um, but I think that I almost personally think that what this club needs right now is is a bit of a revolution. But does that like when we think of our our kind of heritage, our history and Arsenal as a brand, do we open the doors to a, an absolute revolution? I don't know. It's interesting because. To win the Premier League, you need to fight genius with genius. Yeah. Right? There's no other way around it. And uh, the the notion of stability that Wenger has propagated over the years is a complete fallacy. Like the the best clubs in the world do not believe in stability. They almost uh, encourage like the chaos of newness. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I would love uh, a Thomas Dekel or maybe a Nagelsmann because if it's an expected manager you're never going to beat Pep. And I think Pep would fear a Thomas Tuchel-like character in the Premier right. League yeah. with Chelsea-like budgets. Um, Dan, what do you what do you think I, the next manager should be? I think it should be like like Tommy Tuchel. I think he'd be brilliant, but Honigstein uh, uh, and others sussed that, sussed that out as a, a false rumor. I think Kicker just jumped the gun with their reporting there, and there wasn't really anything in it, unfortunately. But something like that would be incredible because you need someone like... Like, look at... Um, you know he he may have fallen apart a bit in his in his final year with Dortmund, but the same thing happened with Klopp. And look at Klopp now. You come in, you yeah. come in with a strong philosophy and a strong view. You uh, you reform the the club to your philosophy. You you bring in players that fulfill it, and now he's he's off on the flyer. And even in his last season, he did have to deal with a terrorist attack on the team bus. Yeah, yeah. like that's that's quite a yeah. thing to rock a season. Yeah, right? and imagine getting looted by Bayern every year too. <laughs> yeah, true. But do you think that? Uh, you know, stylistically, do you think that there would be such a huge shift in, in Tekela? Do you think that it would be like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I see that drastic of a, like to me, I think that that would almost be a bit more 
you know, like I feel like that's where the why the suggestions have have come out is because it almost seems right, as opposed to like for the longest time everyone's talked Simeone, and I feel like a Simeone would be like a revolution because it's so different. Do you think that right. do, you, do you find that his Tickell's manage, uh, managerial style is that different that it would really be so? I feel like you need to um, continue the legacy that Wenger left. Yeah. We, 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 we spent so many years trying to pull ourselves out of the shadow of like boring George Graham football. Yeah, yeah. And then Wenger's come in and like he's dipped, but he's still trying to create art. Of course, yeah. And I feel like Tuchel is an artist. And that's what I think as well. And um, I think that um, with a big budget, he could have us challenging again. Yeah. Like, and, and you look at what he did at Dortmund and the mesmeric football that he played in his final season. And then you look what happened to Dortmund when he went. Yeah. Like Dortmund got beaten 6-0 uh, by Bayern yesterday. They were a long way off of winning. They don't even look like a good team. Like, they don't, like nothing excites yeah. me about watching that Dortmund yeah. team. And it's, it's, it's the same players. So you imagine what he could do Arsenal. I mean, yeah. he's not going to come, but I, I think <laughs> I think you have to bring in a layer of manager that is doing something unexpected, new and fresh. That's why uh, yeah. Lowe or Ancelotti or any of those sort of stable, like, you know, you, you, he'll get, like, maybe Ancelotti will get us into the top four, but I don't yeah. know whether he's going to be able to outthink. Yeah, this, a guy like that is is someone that comes in and kind of writes the ship, right? Yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's what we're in need of. We've, like, like you said, it's a stable club. It's that we need that injection again. We need to we need to revolutionize and have a spark again. Yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, I believe our uh, additional five minutes are up. Uh, thank you guys um, for coming uh, to the show today. For the listeners, we have all of our stuff booked in over the next few weeks, so we will be giving you so many podcasts this month. Uh, thanks for listening. Share the podcast, rate it, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Woo. It was a good one. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. Sports Social Podcast Network.